you're absolutely right. So okay, so let's, let's officially kind of start this. Three, two, one, we're live. Boom, we're set. Um, first of all, Bartosz, thanks a, a ton for doing this. Um, your full name is Bartosz Gralovich. Uh, you oh, yeah, now, did well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I try, I try. <laughs> um, but we're in the beautiful city of Kitzbühel in the Stangewurt. Uh, hotel and we're both participating in the SE Oktoberfest, which is a mind-blowing conference, at least to me. Uh, and I'm, yeah, the audience probably can't see what's um, behind us, but you see, imagine beautiful Austrian mountains, a little bit of a rainy weather. And covered in like a beautiful mist or like low-hanging clouds. It's difficult to differentiate. It is scenic. But mm -hmm. I actually wanted to come back to what you just said, which is this kind of difference between um, European and American software uh, vendors, or especially SEO tool vendors. And it's, it's so interesting because I 100% agree with you. And it's that I learned that at Searchmetrics. Um, so I was part of Searchmetrics for a while and had kind of a behind-the-scenes look into, you know, what it's like to be on the other side, which was very, very helpful for me and, and very uh, informative. But it is actually true that um, European tool vendors, they're very passive and they're very technical, right? So when they sell something, they're like, hey, look, you know, um, this is the car and this is the engine and look at the small little parts and these are really well crafted and all that kind of stuff. And then American tool vendors are like, this brings you from A to B in the quickest way. Or they will tell you, this brings you to A to B and you're going to feel amazing. <laughs> yes, right. You're going to feel great. <laughs> just, just, just sit, like, just fuck this pet. Just sit down and just feel it. <laughs> That's the like that's how I see uh, American way of selling that. And for me, uh, we we talked about that before a little bit. Coming from Poland into States was like uh, I didn't know how to like for for a while. You know how everything is easy in the USA compared to Ger both Germany and Poland. Yeah. And I have a perfect example. You probably went through that process and just I know it's gonna you're gonna have that aha moment. Renting a car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I rented a car in Innsbruck, which is pro, not Germany, but I, I rented a car in Innsbruck uh, at SEM Rush event a while ago, two years ago or something like that. And I got a tiny, shitty, I have no, like Volkswagen Polo or something like that. And when I got it, I actually have that recorded on video somewhere. They gave me a piece of paper with scratches marked on it, like, and I couldn't find them. I couldn't find the scratch. So I asked the guy, can you show me where the scratches are? And he was like, you need, like he wiped the car with a, with a towel. And he showed me, if you look closely, this is it. <laughs> Just fast forward six months from now, because my mother-in-law lives in LA and we're pretty often with our whole family in, in, in Los Angeles. We usually, as we were like two kids, we usually take like pickup car, pickup truck or like, Tahoe or Suburban, something big to basically not to worry. I love that, you know, from all the Polish small cars in Europe and, you know, so they give me the truck and I was just playing with them. I was like, what do, do should I check for any scratches? It's like, no, that's fine. Like, and they showed me this circle, like circle piece of paper, like any dent <laughs> smaller than that doesn't matter. And also, and this is the funny part, also anything you do to the bumper and and, uh, and mirrors doesn't matter as well. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, can you say it again, please? <laughs> like they were like, you can do anything you, you like to the bumper, bumpers actually, and, 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 uh, and side mirrors. 
it doesn't count. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is such a difference. Oh yes, they're so picky in Europe about things and they track everything and even contracts and all that other kind of stuff. In the US, it's like a handshake and yeah, sure, you can live here and whatever. Was, in Innsbruck, I was late uh, 45 minutes because I'm used to renting cars in the States. I had to pay 60 euro fine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> and that's... That's how, like, so, so for me, uh, seeing the you know, Amer American culture, returning things without any, and if, like, just, just how easy everything is, that's, I, I think this is still something that I have this love-hate relationship with States because of that, because I love that part so much. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally uh, feel you. And I think we both share a similar experience where we come from Europe and we have a technical inclination and then we come to the US and it's all experiential and it's all yeah. much more loose and... Uh, you know, people still look at me weirdly when I appear to a party at 6 p.m. And I was invited for 6 p.m., right? Yeah. But everybody else comes at 7. And then people are like, That's why true. are you here? And like, you told me to be here. But <laughs> no, is that how it works, right? So it's a, it's a funny kind of uh, culture uh, or cultural difference and in ex experience. Um, but you kind of, I mean, you touched on video real quick and we spoke about before recording this. Um, and I found it so interesting that I actually want to um, first maybe dive a little bit into that and then through the, go sure. through the questions that we talked about. Um, so you, you said that you started to record videos or yourself and other stuff three years ago and you took it as <laughs> <Yeah>. a challenge. <laughs> so, so that's actually, yeah. So, so, um, so I'll, I'll start from, from the back. Um, so I probably have with me like shitload of um of equipment in my car so uh, in in the trunk of my car there's this compartment when you lift the floor of the trunk there is like a tiny trunk as well so this is filled with like joby tripods like like i probably have just in in that part without any cameras probably like ten thousand bucks worth of shit jesus plus Uh, plus cameras that I have like around four cameras with me, lenses, everything. And this is a tiny one that I, uh, I use, like the Canon M50 is the one tiny one I use for walking with like battery grip. So anyways, so, and th the fun fact is that I probably recorded just four episodes of my vlog throughout the last then few, uh, yeah, throughout the last year. And I started vlogging and recording shit lot of content two years ago. Uh, no, sorry, three years ago now. And something like that. And now the, the question you had, like the reason be, the reason I started that, like first of all, obviously we know that video is something that's gonna explode, blah blah. This is something that I guess that if you do, if you're listening to that and you don't know that, you need to do your homework. But I guess everyone listening, like yeah, let's not. <laughs> your audience has to be technical. So uh, so um, so um, I had this theory because. Me and my wife, we, we are both um, into uh, into a lot of weird things. So my wife is dealing with um, chronic uh, illnesses and biohacking. So she's dealing with thyroid, autoimmune diseases, that's her thing. Even though she's not a doctor, she's traveling the world. She probably read more books than I ever did uh, on, like, obviously, in, in total. But she read more books than anyone I know on every single tiny uh, health thing. So she's probably doing that now in the hotel <laughs> as as fun, air quotes here. So she's probably sitting by the pool reading a book about uh, ADD, so att attention deficit disorder or, or something like that. So she's doing neurofeedback and all that. So she's very technical with her health, just like we are with SEO. So With health, there are also two paths. Sorry to, to, to sidetrack for a second. There are, no, no, please do. There, are, there, are, there is a path of people who believe that 
there is some there is some magic fix that's gonna make you healthy. And there's my wife. <laughs> that's like I had to go um I went for a blood test like a year ago and the lady um was like she was like I never did so many. I'm not sure if this is healthy. So she went through um twelve or thirteen vials because my wife was like before we start the like we before we start addressing your thyroid, the autoimmune barters, we need to we need data. <laughs> I was like, I love that idea. And then I didn't know I have to yeah, I, I love that idea before going for a blood test. Uh, that so so that's that's uh, what we do. We both are a little bit um, a little bit geeky in our department. So I do technical SEO and JavaScript SEO. She's doing health in a very similar way. So in a very like technical geeky way. Um, where, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, and and the video. I started with video like three years ago because I figured, okay, I'm scared shitless of camera, and this was a selective thing because I'm okay with doing a webinar or something. But then if I start vlogging, I pick up the camera. There is this crazy person I see on, like, you know, I'm all tense. I'm all like weird and awkward and like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Well, you're not at the moment. I could tell you that much. No, no, it, that's it can very much related to what you're with, saying. With, with recording things, also, also always okay. So in social situations, like a webinar, we talk to somebody, I'm on stage, like I fly so much. I'm on stage in front of like 1,200 people a few times per year. And I'm fine with that. I'm really like very stressed about that. But then I'm alone in the room and I see a camera. And so, yeah, this is something I, like, this was the funniest thing for me ever. Like, you you know on a rational level that this is completely weird and twisted. But then, so I figured, okay, I'm going to address that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a vlogger. I'm going to create a vlog. I'm, and I started recording that for a year. So I would travel everywhere. So I would, like, uh, drift with Tom Anthony and Jenny in Texas. Uh, and we had to... F flee the scene because uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, Jenny or uh, Jenny or Tom, they're afraid that police is coming. Even though I don't think it, it was the case. So we did a lot of weird shit throughout all over the world. So I I flew a drone in like no fly zone in in Innsbruck, and you can imagine the fine for that. And I did a lot of cool things. And then I was like, I was very polished about. Uh, I'm not publishing that. It's not perfect, you know. So, <laughs> right. So I'm probably sitting on like few terabytes of, of video, uh, and I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah. <was> so <clears throat> this is still an ongoing process. So I record quite a lot of content everywhere I go. If I drive, like now, I probably take like forty kilos of equipment with me. Wow. Or I don't know how much that's like eighty pounds or whatever. And and I love it. I love the technical part of that because I kind of geeked out here. But yeah, I, I need to publish a little bit more. And this is a very slow process for me. I totally understand. Uh, it's part of the reason for why I do this, right? Like why I record right now audio and video. Uh, and I feel the same weird way. But it's, I understand. Like somebody telling you, okay, act normal right now. They're like, okay, what should I do with my hands? And like, so what, what should I, how do I, I have, Sorry, sorry I, I'm sidetracking quite a lot, but this That's is cool. my thing. But I halfway through that, um, I was recording the vlog. Before we split from LFA to Wanli, I was like, I'm going to do a vlog. So there is a bridge between two brands that, that sounded good on paper. And I started recording that in January. And I had this sentence, uh, if you ever watched my vlog, which I guess you didn't, uh, there is the sentence, it's January 2019 and we're finally doing it. I was recording that uh, probably more than 100 times. I actually got to the stage now when I'm comfortable in front of camera, finally, but I didn't publish anything yet from that. So, so you need to trust me on this one. So in a, in a sense, the coach was successful. 
Yeah, in in a, in a weird sense, kind of. In, in a very weird and creepy sense. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, yeah. You, I, I wish I had that recorded because this guy was intense. Oh, like, sure. Really intense. But it's funny because <clears throat> I I feel like a lot of non-Americans score marketing or digital marketing or SEO kind of feel like they struggle with that. So I personally, I, I grew up with, like my father's American, right? So I grew up speaking some English, but every native English speaker understands that there's some sort of weird accent in me. Um, and then I know Tim Solo. I think that's your hair. Uh, you think that what? I think this is the gel in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. like, what's wrong with this guy? I was like, he's German. Like straight up, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> totally man totally see i don't grow a beard like you like i that's why i have to do some of my hair anyway different story uh but i feel like <laughs> <laughs> sorry this is a very german joke I guess, I know. you know what i mean but yeah yeah totally. um, but uh i like I, I spoke to this uh about this to tim solo as well right and he actually called gary vaynerchuk i don't know if you knew this but yeah. he called him and he got through oh, no, to I the show um and he said like look what should i do about my accent and blah 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 um and the best advice that I heard is embrace it. Arnold Schwarzenegger, same thing. So he's supposed to be in the hotel. Uh, I haven't seen him yet, but if I see, I'll certainly freak out. Uh, but he went through the same thing. He had a coach, like a, um, I don't know what the right term is, but it's something like an, an accident, there accident an coach. Accident. There, there are accident coaches, a lot of them, yeah. Right. And the, the thing that they actually teach is not to sound like a native speaker, but is to not use the kind of like natural phrases from your first language, right? So they actually teach you proper English, but they all say you should keep your accent because it makes you stick out. But there are also people who teach you the accent as well. Like Google, if you look for that on YouTube. Um, so you touched on the topic that's actually very funny to me because a lot of people in Poland, if you go to a Polish school, uh, I had like a lot of English in my secondary school, uh, they teach you British accent. Right, Germany as well. And I repel that from day one. Like, I have nothing against British accent, but Paul speaking with a British accent, and that's just fucking weird. <laughs> so, um, yes. and I, like, from day one, I was like, I'm going to do my weird, hard-to-place accent, and I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. I never, like, it never actually went to my through my head that this may be a problem somewhere, and it wasn't. I never saw a problem with that at any point because of the, the beauty of both German and Polish accent is this is very easy to understand compared to, for example, French accent. Yes. And th these guys are, they have like a difficult way to go because the French accent in English is difficult to understand. Ours, however, I don't hear yours, but like Polish accent in general, I guess this is not that difficult to, to understand. Uh, so I agree. With that in mind, I was like, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not doing anything about that. Like, And for the last few years, I was thinking, I was even thinking maybe I'm going to work on improving my English. But then I was like, ah. So, no. so my mother-in-law was actually um, a person who, in a very weird, weird way, inspired me to just stop caring about that completely. She lives in States, in Santa Monica, for, I would say, 40 years now. And she has the most amazing job, by the way. Like, just she's taking care of like the the properties of super wealthy people from Saudi Arabia that are never there. So she's in like eighty million dollars mansions with Bentleys, Rolls Royces that were never driven, 
and she's basically and opening uh, the doors for for people to come in like inspect that and she's taking care of the well-being of the property but she's, she's just hanging out in a very very beautiful places and she was working with Avril Lavigne like a lot of like famous people she's living she's living in Santa Monica for 40 years now never ever had a problem she's doing everything over the phone because this is the the way of how we do that in Poland for like like people from her generation and after seeing that I was like <laughs> I'm good <laughs> fine Man, you make it really hard to keep a structure for an interview because oh, there's yeah, so many things to sidetrack into. That, that's 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 the thing, yeah. Like, uh, fortunately, this is your job to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> this is so ex oh my gosh, there's so many, and this is a good thing, by the way. Um, so yeah, I, I just try to keep a certain type of structure, but there's so many side stories that we could. I can to. clearly see that you never heard any podcast with me as a guest uh, because I never had a podcast when I was like on point. <laughs> never <laughs> that's totally fine i think that's that's what it's really like that's that's what i'm hoping to get out of this format is to is that kind of serendipity and these kind of side stories so that's why i actually only have three main questions and everything else should come naturally right because there are already enough interviews out there that are very structured and where people just simply respond to questions but i want this to be a conversation if you have any people like hating that i have papers i officially have add and some other disorders so they can make they they can't make fun of me because it's not pc <laughs> it's, it's just not it's just correct. i was born this way <laughs> and so, again i really have papers for that i i, I, I <laughs> we, so, we got proof we got proof so, <laughs> so like what what i'm hearing so far is you are probably the, after my mind, the world's best expert in anything that has to do with SEO and rendering, right? Like whether it's uh, site performance, yeah, yeah. Uh, JavaScript and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, you had some challenges early on with some ADD and um, autoimmune diseases. And at the same time, you push yourself out of your comfort zone with video, for example. <laughs> yeah. So how like, how did you, what I'm really curious about is how did you develop that mindset? Like, how do you think, because to me, all of that is connected. Like, what do you attribute that to? <laughs> so um, probably not the answer that a lot of um, Gary Vaynerchuk fans are, are, are waiting for, but they take it slow. I take it easy. I meditate a lot. I don't work much. Um, most of my year, I work like five to six hours a day. And I, because of, so, so the autoimmune disease I had, like the ADD is more of a joke. I think it even helps because it, it's really something I'm diagnosed with as a lot of CEOs of companies. Yes. But then if you build, if you ever read like traction on a lot of like business books, they actually show that ADD is a part of being a, a CEO because then you have a lot of good cool ideas or, or bad ideas, but you you kind of your brain is wired in a way that you come up with those even though you don't want to. Um, so it's a, it's a gift and a curse, like a monk would say. But anyways, mm, the autoimmune disease was was a gift in a way from from my point of view because I uh, I would go to sleep like six seven p.m. for 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 like half hour just to just to function properly. And I have two kids. And I like spending time with them was never optional for me. So for me, there's my family and there's the company at the, at the second place. So at some point I figured I need to rewire the whole company in a way that I can still function and, you know, still have life. So a few years back, I had this very ambitious goal that was more difficult than I would ever imagine to 
to outsource everything I do to to smarter the people smarter than, than me in the company. So and it was a painful process and because you need to give away all the things that you think you're so amazing at and trust me I'm not. Um so I have a head of SEO, I have head, head of research development. Had our head of SEO, Maria, she's the smartest SEO I know. She's like really to the point. There is no bullshit with her. She's she's like she's scary. <laughs> What's her full name? Maria Cheslak. She's she's the best SEO I know. And the clients love that and people working with her love that. That she's very to the point. There is like she's extremely polished in that department. Um but just the goal is the most important thing. So she's basically a go-getter in this department. Like she is if you work with Maria on your store and there are a lot of enterprises loving that. She's not gonna give you any bullshit. She's just you know, it's it's not gonna work. We actually often fire clients because of that, because if we see this is a dead end, she's not gonna work with them. Smart thing to do. So so we have a Maria, we have Atomic, our research and development, our in-house genius who's basically coming with millions of, of research ideas and actually doing that research, which wasn't my case. Um we have our head of marketing, Christian Christian Dumay, uh, our Florida guy. <laughs> <laughs> Florida guy? He's going to hate that. He's from Florida. So, um, yeah, the Florida men, sorry. Yeah, Florida, you know the Florida men uh, thingy. So, uh, and, and we have quite a lot of very, very smart people. We have our um, managing director, Katarzyna, so Kate, um, Katarzyna Berbas, and she's, she's, she's mean. <laughs> she's, uh, she, no, I'm, I'm joking. She's amazing with just basically going after all the problems. She's going to solve the problem within minutes. She has no other option. <laughs> so with all that, with the amazing support I have within my team, um, you know, I, I built that and I, I, I had to do that because of the, the health problems I had because I couldn't work more than a few hours per day. The, so I, I kind of learned early on that I either do things half ass or i basically outsource so that's that was that was cool and i'm slowly well like with the uh with, with the health i was scared shitless for a while but again my wife um her <laughs> she's the smartest um like biohacker i know or or the 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 role of what she do like she, what she does is complex to there's no words for that she's not a doctor but um so so i know that I, i'm addressing those things step by step but then with just coming to your JavaScript question um, and technical SEO question, this is also something uh, quite interesting because I don't feel like I'm the smartest JavaScript SEO or uh, technical SEO guy. Uh, my team, my team people, like people in my team are, and I'm basically a messenger <laughs> and I have, I, I have very good understanding. I feel like I'm very, very good with that, but uh, they are doing most of the work. They actually have to implement that. So, so my knowledge has to be extremely practical. Because again, we're Polish. It has to be practical. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And there's so much that I want to say to that, and I'll try to keep it very short. But yes, one thing I learned is that good leaders, founders, like the most smart people that I was allowed to get to know, all turned a weakness into a strength. So they were dyslexic and therefore um, created other or refined other skills that are much more interpersonal or they had ADD and then made that a strength, right? And, and, and became very productive or um, they had to overcome a trauma or challenge very early on in childhood and then that paved the way for them. So I think there's something about to be said about turning a weakness into a strength. But then there's also this concept that I'm learning right now. So 
um, I'm really trying to to improve my leadership and management skills. And there's this 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 methodology called um, conscious leadership. It's a book, or it's based on a book by Jim Dethmer, which is called The Fifteen Commitments of Conscious Leadership. And one of the ideas in the book is that the like if you want to, you know, uh, basically excel at something you need to focus on your zone of, of genius, right? And so there are basically four different zones. There's the zone of where you're t- completely incompetent, where you can't do anything. And there's the zone where like, someone... Like video for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the beginning, but probably not anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then there's the zone where you're a K at. Then there's the zone where you're great at. And then there's the zone where you're a genius, where you completely excel and you're completely sent out. And the best and most productive people, they're able to outsource everything but focus on this kind of zone of genius. Um, so that's that's something that I certainly kind of try to get better at, and I feel like you really mastered. Before we jump deeper into that, I have a short, quick side question. What what form of meditation do you practice? Um, I did quite a lot of... So so um, usually I do... I, I tried Muse, you know, Muse? Yes. The, 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 I, have, I have it in my room, obviously, but um, it's, it's a little bit dis- distracting. Uh, I tried uh, chanting. Chanting is amazing, but it's kind of awkward to do in public because you're like, oh, and everyone's like, he's fucking weird. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so what I do, and this is probably going to sound weird, is I do a lot of things. Like this, you, I'm 100% sure you never heard about that. Uh, there is a thing called Christian meditation. And I actually went to... Um, <sighs> Retreat would be an overstatement because the, of the conditions in that place. But I went to 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 the monk mon- monastery in Poland uh, for a few days, where you basically are in silent and you um, pray and meditate with the monks. And uh, this kind of grew on me very well because you have like a like a piece piece of of um, of uh, like a sentence, uh, like uh, like in, in well, obviously for me it's in Polish. Like <clears throat> that, uh, that you repeat uh, along with your breath, and the Christian meditation concept is that you should be humble and kind of naked in front of the God. So you should strip all your thoughts, everything, and just just be. You shouldn't try to control God and everything like that. It got weird quickly. No, Anyways, no, 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 um, absolutely um, not. And hence, what I have on my hand, you you can see that it's just like these are actually uh, Buddhist beads. I just wear it. It's not a religious thing. I just use the beads. Um, sometimes, like, wait, really, like, I'm wired. I'm an, and I have some anxiety. I can't focus. Like, I go through the beads step by step. So it it kind of helps you focus as well. Um, but I do like med- I sometimes meditate with calm.com or Headspace. Yeah. I love there is this my. Um, uh mindful running so, so, so the the headspace has running uh things so when you run uh, you can have mindful miles oh mindful miles got it it's amazing so also when sometimes i'm like a little bit you know like uh, wired after like a stressful day i would go and for a run with that this is like uh, this this will let your body kind of relax as well. Yeah, it is so interesting all the the things that you touch up on. Because yesterday I took a little walk with my girlfriend through one of these um, little towns here, and here and in certain parts of Germany and the rest of Europe, you still find small little chapels along the way and lots of religious symbols like oh, uh, yeah. Jesus uh, figures and Maria. And imagine this is half of the chapels you would see in Poland. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know, and it got me thinking, and. Um, my, this is not my, th- I didn't come up with this. I read this somewhere, but unfortunately I can't recall it at the second, but 
um, it really got me thinking that a lot of religion is meditation. Uh, and it's exactly what you're saying, right? It's humbleness, being present in the moment. I think that a lot, not everything, right? I think there's also this being part of a larger group, connectedness, giving away a response or so responsibility. I'm, I'm not that much into that, the other part. Sure, sure. No, but... Um, yes, yeah, so, so I, I know what you mean. Like, you know, but... but yeah, so a lot of kind of, you know, benefits of, of religions in the past, probably that we haven't recognized, um, is probably meditation, right? And, and presencing. And, 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 and I think we, right, like religion or, or the amount of religious people is at the lowest point ever, but the amount of spiritual people is at the highest point ever. So I, yeah. think, I think there's a connection there. And I, to bring this back to the topic, I also think that um, this meditation might have been a bigger part of why you're able to you know, work five or six hours and, and still have such a high, uh, are so productive and have such a high quality of output. Thank you for that. Like, uh, I would never consider myself productive over the last few <laughs> few years, but 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 mm, I, I guess mm, what differentiates me and Wanli as a company is we we strongly believe in in mindful work, mindful workplace. So for example, when people write to me on Slack, 9 p.m., uh, I gently write, just get the fuck <laughs> out of Slack. <laughs> gently, like, you're not supposed to be working. And and this is uh, finding that balance. Uh, I very, very rarely allow someone to work over hours. I want them to be at work. Okay, give 100 at work and then just go do your thing. I don't care, like just get lost from from the office um and believe it or not that works amazingly well <laughs> so yeah yeah and i think you know to create a frame kind of reference to the beginning of the uh conversation i think europeans are much better at that than americans i oh, think yeah. uh, you know even though i think there's also a lot of very ad advantageous um benefits to the american work culture for example focusing more on the output than just the input i think what europeans have understood much better probably since forever is to um to really focus on work and then have a harder wall or stronger wall between personal life and work life it's it's a difficult topic um, because I see examples of on, on of both uh, both both uh, end of the of the scale in both states and and Pol and Poland Europe whatever and and I guess there is also if we're touching on that I'm trying not to touch this topic for a while now but there is also like different generations yes so for us uh, I gave up on hiring people to do SEO who are. Uh, quote quotes and uh, quotes experienced um, we hire people as interns and we train the shit out of them and i found out that the younger the youngest generations because i have a lot of very good seos in their 20s and um, it's amazing once you train them properly this is usually most of our team maybe not like a lot of our team they are on the first job ever but we train them the culture we believe in and we had cases when someone would, uh, someone wanted to change path from technical SEO to development and change companies, and they were in shock. So um, I believe that if you take someone straight out of college and show him the work culture you believe in, they will assume this is like that everywhere, yes. and they will somehow adapt to it. Doing that with people of the, the the market, let's say. So if you if you headhunt somebody or like this is 
extremely difficult. Yes, I agree. I, I struggle with the same thing. Um, and it's not that younger people straight out of college are unappreciative, but it's you set the standard for their reality, right? So if they come into a work culture that's very developed, very mature, very productive, but also mindful, they assume it's a new norm and it kind of spoils yeah. them almost in a way. Yeah. So it's a tricky question. Should somebody first go through the gutter and experience horrible work and then they can appreciate what is good or not? I, I struggle with this as well. So we had this conversation with Kasia, our um, managing director. She was like, no one is appreciating. I was like, because she's coming from like a like an office position in, uh, let's say it's not government, like Oprah, like Polish Oprah. Um, and and it, it was a stressful place of work, very stressful, uh, with a lot of different limitations and whatever. And she was like, they don't appreciate it. She, she first, first week, so I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't. But like, I'm, I'm willing to accept that. You know what I mean? Of course. And so to come back to SEO, when you train new people, what does your... What does your technical SEO training look like? I mean, obviously, we can't go through all of this stuff, but I'm curious specifically... So just, just, just from the top, uh, we don't invite people to interviews without uh, giving them simple tasks, but we build the task in a way that uh, only uh, people with a lot of logical approach, uh, without the conspiracy thing in their heads, these are the people who will join us. So they come in, come in for an interview, and we try to find people uh, with some kind of passion. So when someone, I, I don't care about the CV uh, or or the um, anything in their experience, I ask them, okay, you're 24, 25, whatever, doesn't matter, 21, it, it's not important. Um, what did you do over the last years? Just as a passion, as a, as a thing, if that person is going to be, oh, I was so excited, like development in this weird thing, whatever, I was like, yeah, this guy is coming in. Uh, if, um, actually most of our team are girls, so I should say, yeah, so so um, we actually have a lot of women because I believe women are better with SEO because they like leave their ego outside. Yes. They shift easier. They're much more flexible with a lot of things. That's probably kind of sexist towards men now uh, <laughs> but so our head of US SEO is, is Maria obviously she's uh, she's amazing with that so the most the, the most amazing productive people in your team are are women um, obviously not all of it's not 100% women just to not offend guys but they're just they're setting the bar high um, and so, so someone comes to the interview, we look for that passion, for that thing, for those hard skills. And the second skill, because we're in Poland, it's English. So we need those two things to kind of come together. And then uh, the, the internship is actually six months. Uh, it's six months when we actually waste quite a lot of time from like business point of view on them, because we want to train them as, as much as possible within that time. But this year, God knows why, we're very lucky with people who would actually catch up quicker than we ever saw that. So within one or two months and go work on something. Uh, so we actually have a developer, um, so so guy who who came in, uh, Sebastian, went straight out to Tomek to research and development because Tomek was like, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> uh, and we had uh, Zemovit, um, uh, an interesting history because he was studying music and he changed the path completely throughout like the, the, the some some health uh, reasons. 
and he uh, joined our content team. And he's amazing. He was writing very good article within the first two weeks of coming in. I was reading that. I was like, Christian, so our uh, head of marketing, Christian, did you did you profit? Did you edit that? He was like, no. <laughs> I was like, wow. So we look for something like that. I figured at some point, and and then the last. The last but not least, the most important thing for me uh, is uh, is the culture. If I like that person, if I want to be around that person every single day, because this is my company, it's like self-funded. Uh, actually, Olga, my wife, is my business partner. <laughs> so she owns the half of the company. Uh, but this is uh, like, you know, you spend a lot of your day in that place. So if anyone is kind of toxic or brings bad emotions into the workplace, and even if that person is amazing we often say say bye to that yeah yeah yes i can very well relate to that experience it's it's tough and it's also very sad in a lot of points because um i saw a lot of really good people and their kind of attitude or mindsets and their behavior stands in the way of quality work to shine um, oh, yeah. and it's it, it, it's such a yeah it's such a you know like when somebody's just not suited for the job that's one thing but when somebody's actually talented and good but their attitude is in the way that's painful to watch and firing those people is difficult because you can say like it's it's uh, it's a difficult thing to explain because you want to be uh, you want to be sensitive in that department as well uh, so um, so we basically try not to hire them because once they're in oh this is so much so stressful for me i i am a sick of like this is this brings me so much anxiety and that yeah this is so we we avoid it like fire yeah, yeah. Oh, man That's a lot of stories but, to tell about that but one thing to add in this department, like this is one of the reasons we're not selling uh, any of, uh, of, of, of any part of our company by design, even though it would make our life, e life easier. And with the growth we're having, we're, we're growing extremely quickly. I think we're one of the fastest growing company in, in the region recently. Uh, I don't want to sell uh, any equity or part of the company because then you can't make those decisions you can't fire clients who are unfit or toxic you can't hire people by uh, by the culture and and the quality of of them as people as well uh, because uh, someone upstairs let's say was gonna tell you okay you need to do this or that or bring that um result financially next year or something like that yeah i think that's a after my impression observation that's a model that becomes more and more um attractive and more people adopt this of just keeping a company completely private and self-owned to be able to really keep it in a certain way so even looking not only at SEO Oktoberfest people because we have a lot of super smart and very wealthy people here uh, but in general the SEO community uh I don't think I know one person who sold the company and is like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I think even outside of the SEO community, I think, obviously, yeah, yeah, you know. And, and to be to to also be fair, I think there are good reasons to sell a company. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't judge it as harshly, there but money, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, money, and 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 sometimes you just need a fresh uh, restart, right? But if you sell the company and exit completely. I understand that you're burned out. You want to do something else, but if you sell the company and stay in the company, this is toxic on so many levels. From like psychological point of view, it it cannot work well. Yes. You become an employee in your own company, and you can't decide about the things you've designed. This sounds just just hearing that is just 
rough. <laughs> yes, because mo because most entrepreneurs start companies because they don't want to work for other people. Yeah, and, they and reach then a point where they have to sell or bring somebody in. And I think the smartest entrepreneurs actually kind of they stay much more detached from the company. They might be on the board or might be the large largest shareholder, but they're not the CEO. They're not the the main product developer. There are exceptions, right? Like Atlassian, the two founders, they they hired a president and they're still developing the product a lot. And I think they're still the largest uh, shareholders or one of them. Um, but they kind of crafted a position in which they can thrive and are happy. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are not able to do that. I've, I believe there are exceptions, but... Uh... But they're very, very like it's winning a lot of exception. Yeah. yeah so but let, let's do like a 180 real quick. I wanted to come back to that uh, technical SEO training, page speed, JavaScript. Like, I, I want to jump into what's, um, what does, because you, get, you gave an amazing talk at SEO Oktoberfest um, about um, uh, site performance. And I wanted, I'm curious, like, how do, companies and people currently approach the topic of site performance and how should they approach it? Yeah, so just a tiny correction. It was about uh, <laughs> indexing in general. Right. But but yeah, so so um, for those of you listening, yesterday I was talking about uh, how the, how the problem we, we just found that large, large percentage of, 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 of content and uh, HTML domains uh, have massive beats of uh, of content not indexed because they somehow rely on, on JavaScript. An example of that would be medium.com, uh, which has a lot of issues with just, for example, comments are not getting indexed for, for years. Or maybe that's by design. I, I doubt that. Uh, Channel 4, um, uh, ASOS.com, like uh, a lot, a lot of big brands, uh, they have massive percentage of the content never indexed and those are not the websites we would by design consider javascript websites for for, for the last few years uh, so um, so that was the topic um, and for me it's very very exciting because we somehow found a niche when where there's no research like uh, there are so many changes google google has changed dramatically in how they index content over the last two years dramatically we just did more research this is extremely interesting there is zero research in community in the community and i was talking to martin split from google in zurich they invited me for for hangouts and he said that uh, the most surprising thing for him is that after our experiments uh, on javascript in 2016 and 17 there was nothing else really worth mentioning. Uh, so um, I strongly believe that you need to specialize as much as possible. Hence me selling Caliphate to Wojtek, uh, my am amazing now ex-business partner, and starting just only technical SEO uh, agency, uh, house actually. So, um, so, 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 yeah. So what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I wanted to dive, to dive deeper into that anyway. Um, and so... You mentioned that a lot of sites um, have a certain portion of unindexed pages. So, unindexed uh, parts of the pages. In the unindexed parts of the pages. So, do you is that a pages as well? So, so yeah, this, this goes like this. Yeah, sorry. Sure, sure. So, it, does it only account for large sites? For really, really large sites? Do you think there is a threshold of, like, for example, in terms of the number of pages? It's, it's all, all. It doesn't depend on the on the size at all. Got it. And what what are these, what are these sites doing wrong? What's the problem? 
This is a very good, good question. They usually, mm, the main problem they're doing is they don't understand the technology. So, mm, so just to give you an example, um, people develop websites using Angular, uh, AngularJS, Angular, whatever. Um, documentation and good practices in Angular since 2015 or 16 says that you cannot launch client-side rendered JavaScript with Angular. Because this is, uh, if it's if it's client-facing, so uh, so just to translate that to human, uh, if um, if you're building a website and you want to use this technology, uh, it needs to go through the process of somehow like pre-rendering, server-side rendering. In this case, server-side rendering. So you cannot show this this uh, like raw and like not ready product to the world. If we want to tr- like um, compare that to photography, it's just like if you would uh, try to upload a raw photo from from like a Nikon camera or Canon camera to Facebook, it's not gonna work. It's gonna crash. And all the developers do that um, because it's faster. Because it's um, because you know, you probably do you know company that said like, oh, we have too many developers. Um, <laughs> no. The company grew too fast, and um, we have the saying in Poland that the duvet is always too short from one side. So <laughs> it's it's very graphic if you if you think about that. Uh, and I guess this is with development. So um, so so basically, people develop develop websites. Um, that work, that work fine. You open that in Chrome, and you're like wow, it's amazing. There, there's sometimes they're even fast, which is sometimes. Um, but someone forgot to go through one last step of of adding some kind of layer to render that page, that page, that website for social media, for for Google, for Bing. Those. Um, so 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 basically, it's cutting corners in this department, um, and it's. Everyone is guilty here. So, like all the big brands, even Google, Google Flights. Oh, this is hilarious! Google developed Google Flights in Angular, and this is not indexed in Google. <laughs> Boom! This is just, and this is not not the only example. So, wow! And you would assume that Google has enough developers in Angular, and just for for those of you, who, like Angular is is a is a like a framework, JavaScript framework supported by Google and kind of maybe not owned, but yeah, Google is the own, the, the main, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so this, this is, this is the example here and finding a website and finding a development team. Uh, and we work with some of the biggest brands in States where they have like 400 developers in house. Uh, and once they hire us, they understand that they, they do it amazingly well. This is not that difficult, but you need some kind of guidance to go there. And um, so, so in a way, which something I something is uh, something I always repeat: if developers had a little bit more resources, maybe a little bit of knowledge and experience, because now a senior like a React developer is like the person with two years of experience because it's a new framework, um, we wouldn't be needed. So if, 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 if basically people had more time, more resources, we wouldn't be needed at all. But it's an important point that you touch on because, and, and you know, I feel like Google often tries to, to, to promote this image that, ah, you don't need to do SEO, you just need to adopt best practices and good reasoning. And it's simply not true because from a developer standpoint of view, you want to be as efficient as possible, right? You want to use an H2 tag to style something because it's quick and easy and makes sense, right? But you don't care about the taxonomy uh, in that situation or the semantics. But 
I think that's why SEO is very much needed is to 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 kind of um, create that awareness, uh, whether it's development or design or content writing or, or whatever, um, of not just doing something best in that discipline, but make it, you know, kind of like almost translated for search engines and for users. And I think that specific, like it goes right into that point. And so if you had, you know, like unlimited resources, money, people, time, what would be, what's the best kind of approach from a tool standpoint of view and from a process standpoint of view? You guys be all, all dreamy already. Uh, <laughs> like, wow. I, I I wouldn't develop websites then. <laughs> <laughs> but if your if your goal was, I will, to... I'm thinking like an island. Uh, but yeah, um, private island. Um, so, um, can you shorten the question for people with attention? <laughs> <laughs> What's the optimal way to, to so, optimize, so optimize site website? So so basically, when you when you develop a website, um, you start building a website. Let's say it's. Um, it's um i know mywebsite.com and you're gonna be selling um leather hosen um because yeah that's what you want to do um so you need to first of all first step you need to adapt uh, you need to figure out okay is it is this store gonna be like amazon amazon scale or is it gonna be just a like a mom and pops leather hosen store like we do that ourselves uh, if it's going to be small or medium, don't go with all the fancy technologies. Just adapt something that's quick and you understand that fully. Because you would you won't afford developers to uh, to kind of um, embrace that that new technology, that complex technology. You you just this is not something that would give you a good ROI. Um, go simple. So basically um I, I i'm trying to 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 find a good comparison here but 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 i, I can't <laughs> so 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 go simple um and adapt so so yeah if you're creating a small store go with a very very simple uh, framework go with something that you understand like magento or i don't know and find developer that's the best for the budget so so um, if you're going with magento find uh the the most amazing developer pay him more like 20 percent more uh, than he would pay to anyone else but be sure that this is like you you got this uh, so instead of buying like a, oh that's a good comparison like wrecked uh porsche carrera and just trying to make it work just buy i don't know like golf r uh, which is very fast out of the store you've got a new car with warranty and it's safe so 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 that would be my approach it's not gonna break uh, probably uh, as much as like you know something that you try to assemble uh, with people without that many like you know amazing skills. Yeah, but let's say I go for the fancy big thing, um, and I want to do you know I want to invest whatever it takes to <clears throat> optimally render and load the site. Like, what, is there okay, a tool sorry, that I, you would I, go I, to? I got sidetracked with, with the very simple question. No uh, sorry, so mm, so you, so start building the website. So let's say you, you have a website that somehow is either um, you basically throw out HTML and CSS to the front end. Uh, most of the JavaScript or your content doesn't rely on JavaScript. 
that would be the, would be the first step. It's not going to change over the last, next, I would say, months or or a year at least, and probably way longer than that. Uh, I mean, Google is not going to be much better, but also we're, we don't live in only Google world, but so, so social media, Bing, they don't really understand JavaScript. They don't have the resources for that as well. So go with um, go with any framework you like, but make sure that in the end you get html and css and your content without javascript is fully like is the same as without javascript you can actually use onelycom slash tools we actually can compare the javascript uh, version to non-javascript version it's totally free uh, so go with that first and then instead of uh, optimizing like using a lot of tools that are somehow biased like even lighthouse it's not amazing but for example um when you build, when you focus on web performance, don't look at the numbers in like tools like GT Metrics. That's extremely outdated. Uh, use to basically use or user user metrics or um, RAM, so real real user metrics. Um, so don't worry about the load time. See how quick can you find, like, can your user find the information that um, he's coming for. So so let's say you've got a weather website. Uh, you want to make sure that the weather, obviously everyone is going to check weather on the phone. No one is just you know going to the desk to see what should they wear in the morning. Uh, so make sure that the, the weather is going to be presented in a, in a way that's quick. So like even under one second. Don't worry about all the extra features. You can load them next. But make sure that, okay, someone is, is opening your website for weather Austria, or I have no idea how to pronounce the city we're in. <laughs> was was going? Called? Oh yeah, so going. So whether going, 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 going. Yeah, like going to go. Going. going. Okay, so whether going. <laughs> Very bad example. Uh, I'm sorry for that. Whether going Austria, Austria, and you will see. Okay, straight away it's like 12 degrees. It's gonna be rainy, and then you can load all the extra like humidity, whatever, all the ads. You, and this would be the first step. And most of the metrics that people optimize is like um, a load time. Like you don't like you're not looking at the weather. Oh, the page uh, finished loading, so now I'm gonna be looking at the weather. You wanna look and then the, so so real user metrics. And one of the one one of the new um, okay so. So it's called progressive. I think oh, progress progressive loading progressive. Uh, uh, Web performance, something like that. Uh, but basically, you want to make sure that you, um, instead of loading everything at once at, at the very end, and you know, in a perfect way. So that's a very polish approach. We're gonna wait until it's perfect. Uh, just load elements that are most important first, and then all the other things. Um, and one of the so so for years, Google is measuring that in Crux, so Chrome User Experience Report, and you can see okay how your users with their mobile phones um, are interacting with your website. And this gets interesting because if you're uh, if you're a weather website, you have a whole range of mobile phones. And uh, why I'm saying that is your website's um, code is affecting the CPU on a mobile phone. So if you, for example, have a lot of JavaScript, uh, cheaper phones with with slower CPUs uh, will struggle will struggle a lot with that. So, um, so Crux Chrome User Experience Report is going to show you performance all on real devices. So maybe you test your website on uh, iPhone X or iPhone 11 now or iPhone 11 Pro, uh, whatever, or or, or on, on a desktop is going to load extremely quick. But just an example of BBC, uh, there is a there is a 10 second gap 
between uh, iPhone X and Motorola G4, for example. So, uh, or even more, we actually played with that with like real devices. Uh, and if you want to really get geeky, there is this new, amazingly interesting metric. So finally, Google switched from uh, first meaningful paint that was very, very difficult to measure on scale to largest contentful paint, uh, which seems dumb that after years of research, I was like, okay, let's find largest element on screen. Um, so I was expecting something more spectacular, but um, so the problem was that Google didn't know which element on page uh, is the important one. So for Giphy, that would be GIF that animates. For BBC, that would be a headline of the article. For weather, that would be weather, and so on. So they couldn't automate that on scale. Uh, so right now, they came up with actually pretty smart idea, uh, but pretty dumb at the same time, because they just look at the largest element on the screen. Uh, so obviously, above fold or on the, like within the viewport of a mobile um, or, or your device. Um, so so look at that. This is actually in Chrome 77 now. Uh, so you can measure largest contentful, uh, largest contentful paint. And that largest element could be anything from an image to a heading to, I don't know. But it, it excludes structural elements, right? So Yeah, so if you want to find out a little bit more about that, I, I, there is a video on my YouTube channel, like on Wanli's YouTube channel about that, that I recorded like two weeks ago. Uh, and there is a lot of very, very cool documentation from, uh, from Google on web.dev, I think. So if you go to web.dev, and, and just why I'm saying that, uh, to, to take it home, finally, uh, is that I got a confirmation from one of the Googlers that this is going to be included in Crux, some Chrome user experience report. So we can assume that this is going to be a main metric for all the SEOs uh, that's going to like uh, replace DOM content loaded and all the outdated shitty metrics we had. So this will definitely be a ranking factor at some point, probably sooner rather than later. I would guess even this year, maybe when they have enough data to play with it. Um, so make sure that you you measure that like ASAP. And is thank you for that. That that was very thorough. And so the main tools that I have to For basically once. <laughs> no, you, you're doing perfectly fine. You do exactly what I was hoping to get out of this uh, conversation. Um, but kind of my tools or my weapons as a developer are basically to load elements asynchronously, to defer them, and uh, compression. Right? I mean, those are kind of the three main buckets of tools that I can work with. Is that correct? Ooh, that's that's a very very good question. I think like what you mentioned is is very mainstream, and I would totally agree that this is important. But the most important thing right now, and the most complex at the same time, this is the unfortunately it's usually the hard way, um, is to build your code or split your code uh, in a way that uh, somehow um, helps the elements. Uh, above the screen to load faster so you need to split your code into into parts and um and this gets really complex with for example css uh, because there is one more metric that google is looking at and it, 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 did you ever had that moment when you want to click yes and it moved a little bit and you click no so <laughs> this is one of the metrics that google is measuring uh, with google chrome now as well and and I, i'm very thankful for that because this is super annoying like i want to click something and it moves um, and this happens because developers, again, um, are very good, but finding people who understand how to structure your code, 
So first you load everything above fold, but then it doesn't move when the next element uh, elements load. Mm, this is tricky. So we're probably also like cookies uh, thingy on the top of the screen that moves all of the content down or an ad that shows up at the end, but then everything is moving down um, or up or to the side, whatever. Uh, so the most important thing from performance point of view right now, it kind of changed, um, is I don't care. Like from, from now I'm saying like I'm, I'm wearing my user hat. I don't care if your website were loads like for 35 seconds. I want to make sure that everything uh, I'm interested in, I can interact with that quickly or I can read the information quickly. Uh, and this requires less of the skills in like compression and whatever um, side of things and more of like structure code in a way that um, was very, very important shows up, shows, shows up first and then you load everything in the, in the background. An example of that is The Guardian. Uh, if you go to The Guardian website, it's one of the fastest websites uh, on earth, uh, like... Yeah like that rumor has it uh, like if you if you read like de like developers look up to it it it's it's got a shit score in the lighthouse it's got a terrible like uh, i think in in gt metrics my top score for for the garden was 37 seconds uh every single score that you would normally look at um looks terrible for the guardian but then you open the the you you pick up your phone you you enter the guardian.com boom it's split of the second when you have the content ready and then obviously service workers, because they use service workers to, to use the content. Like everything happens in the background. I don't care about that. Like obviously drains your phone's battery because they are very heavy on the CPU and everything, but you can interact that with a split of a second. That's impressive. Um, and then is there any, like how do you programmatically measure page side performance? Because one problem that I often see is that people create these ad hoc reports. They either just look on at the homepage or they just check uh, site performance or page speed sporadically once a month. But there is not this ongoing continuous measurement across different pages, for example, every day, similar to how we measure um, site visibility or keyword rankings. And I feel like that's the better approach. So how should people approach it like is there like what is there a tool that you use for that or so, how do you do it so this is an amazing question from the point of view that uh, i'm very happy that someone actually talks about checking the web performance sidewide not one selected page um and there is good news and bad news so good news is that okay there are, mm, you, you can use crux for that but it's going to show you the data for the whole domain i think you can extract i'm actually sure you can extract the data for some of the pages or uh, folders which is amazing, but then uh, there is a massive gap between when uh, the test happens and when you see the data. So you you, you need to wait uh, like one and a half month to see the data from Crux. Um, so one more thing we actually do, we use a write, uh, and with write you can see, okay, you can crawl the website and the metrics you get in write are obviously not perfect because you get uh, time to first byte, you get page loaded, which again, I hate. Uh, but you can see some of the pages that are somehow suspicious. So you can see, okay, someone loaded, and this is a very, very common scenario. Someone loaded like an end eight megabytes picture uh, because they forgot to resize it or compress it. Um, so those things you can find with crawlers. And again, we use write.com for that because they show quite a lot of performance metrics and you can easily filter them out. You can create like very, very custom filters. 
Uh, and I'm not only saying that because we're both part of the technical <laughs> or all-star teams, uh, all-star. Um, uh, how that, how is it called again? The technical SEO all-star team. Technical SEO all-star team. Uh, like yeah, we just. Um, I think when we, when you publish the the, the 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 video, we can talk about that. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. this, uh, like today, we can't. I think. Uh, 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 yeah, Marcus you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, Marcus wasn't sure yesterday, but I guess um, this is going to be announced soon. Uh, so, so that's one. The the bad thing is that um, this is very difficult to have some kind of alerts for that. This is difficult to find the problem. Uh, so, so again, even right or any other tool is going to have the limitation of measuring the wrong metric. As far as I know, there is no crawler that's going to look at largest contentful pane because this was just announced like two weeks ago. Um, and that would be perfect. But with, with right and, and, and you would probably do more than 99.999% of developers if you only track uh, your Chrome developer, uh, cr I'm sorry, uh, Chrome user experience report and, and crawl your website. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then the last question that I have about that is... And I think there was a bit of a smaller Twitter controversy about this recently, which SEO, like there's a Twitter controversy every day almost. Uh, but I Twitter think is a difficult place for me recently. Like being Polish, I, I try to understand what's happening, but yeah. No, uh, I, I feel you. I think everybody feels, a lot of people feel the same way. Everybody is like WTF. Um, but what I was going to ask is, after your experience, do you feel like that's, there's sort of a check mark behind site performance when a site reaches a certain speed? Or do you think Google compares the speeds of different players in the same oh, vertical? I didn't see this Twitter controversy. Uh, please That's explain. Small, whatever. <laughs> not, not, not noteworthy. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah. Um, I'm very happy to miss a controversy on Twitter, actually. <laughs> there is no formal on my end. Uh, <laughs> Jomo. Uh, yeah, so... Um, so this is, uh, as far as I remember, and um, I'm not like 100% sure, but Google is comparing websites within your, um, within the same, like basically within some kind of node, I don't want to say yes. the topic or niche. Uh, so similar websites in a, in a meaning that you get to similar audience. I guess this is important or similar. Um, you, yeah, we can just do a lot of guesswork what that means, but I would assume that with machine learning, just finding... Uh, the websites that are closest to you, this is like super easy. This is machine learning from like 70s. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would assume that it, work, that it works this way. And I don't believe there is a threshold because thresholds are problematic from any point of view. Like if you're an engineer, I, I'm not a psychologist here as well, again. <laughs> so uh, thresholds are very, very uh, difficult. So I believe... And you can see that in Crocs. So Chrome User Experience Report is going to show you your how fast you are compared to other websites within the same like node or whatever. Uh, so uh, basically, we look at that because we can talk about that for for hours. But if this is the main way that Google is tracking that, there are a few things with all the conspiracy uh, theories aside that make it important. So first of all, Google <laughs> Google still has the biggest data set anyone has like there is no one like the second place probably would be years behind google so they have chrome and they measure that in chrome so they have a massive data set so i'm guessing that they uh, 
we can argue with a lot of things in theory, but we will be like, you know, those angry uncles on the wedding, like just arguing about like a present or whatever. Uh, we don't have the data here. They they have a lot of data and they actually share the data with us. So not only you can export that from Crux and you look at that yourself, you can have the raw data and then you can have, have the like the, the how they call it fast, slow or medium, something like that. Uh, basically, it's, it's green, yellow, and and uh, and red from what I rem- uh, from what I remember. So, um, so all the con- uh, like the whole uh, I don't know how this conversation went, but uh, everything aside, if you look at the raw data, <laughs> obviously keep optimizing. I don't think anyone's like, oh, we're in the green, so I don't give a care. <laughs> like you know, I I don't give a damn anymore. So keep optimizing. But basically, this is a very very good thing. And if you look at onely.com, our website in Crux. Uh, you can see a steady improvement over over like month by month, and we developed this website within a month, including the whole uh, like logo and everything, which was painful. Um, so it wasn't perfect when we launched it. So you can see it is basically going up each month. So the first meaningful paint and all the shitty metrics are improving. <laughs> um, so I would see I would say this is the goal because. Even if we had a very solid threshold here, like me, uh, we're, we're going to sit down here together and we're going to say, okay, we're saying it's, I don't know, five. <laughs> uh, what does it change in the end? Like, yeah, this is, yeah I, I had the same argumentation or the same conversation. I also, my experience is also that Google compares sites and it makes perfect sense. I agree. It's easy for them. Um, and your first goal should probably be to be the fastest competitor of all but i also agree you should never stop somewhere right it's yeah. the same like seo and all the other stuff it's never ending i feel like a lot of a lot of arguments in the, in the seo community are just for the sake of the argument <laughs> yeah of course because even if there was be like i don't know yoda would come here and it's like like this is the score everyone would be arguing anyways like this wouldn't change a thing so i feel like most of the discussions and i that's why again for like this like anxiety and stress reasons i don't touch those uh by design Mm, i just try to do a good thing on my end and be be mindful in my workplace in my community and you know this i've obviously no one is perfect sometimes uh but but i do my part uh, as good as i can and and with web performance it's the same you're doing you're doing that for your users so if the threshold is three seconds and your users are extremely unhappy you're gonna keep the threshold like this is dumb right uh, no, you're, you're doing your part and you do it really really well i think there's no better notes to and end also, if one. we look at, like, let's address the elephant, um, the elephant, <laughs> the elephant in the, the room. Skeleton, uh, skeleton in the closet here. So address, I'm very bad with those. But anyways, let's address that thing here. Uh, Amazon. So Amazon um, never had this threshold in, 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 in the jo- Jeff Bezos's head. Uh, he basically wanted to be the best and that's it and and he won this way and he won this way that when i go to e-commerce conferences like e-commerce uh, conference like oracle uh, customer experience uh, all the big brands they're all scared shitless of amazon uh, be amazon in this in this tiny bit like don't be like basically go this way make sure that that you are not only the fastest as amazon is very very fast but just uh, they went and they created the uh, the new uh, new normal by themselves 
And I believe, obviously, this is a long shot here, but just go this way instead of looking for freaking thresholds. <laughs> no, I agree. And the threshold is, is arbitrary anyway, right? So, um, no, I again, like, I think that was a perfect kind of conclusion of, of this conversation. Um, and yeah, I want to thank you so much. I learned a lot in this conversation <laughs> and, and a lot from you in general. I'm I, shocked you did because you're a smart guy and we kind of sidetracked uh, like 10 different times. Like, yeah, yeah I, yeah. But still, no, I mean, I asked a lot of questions also selfishly because I'm interested in that. So for me, it was it was uh, amazing. So if there's anyone here listening who would like to invite me to a podcast, which I get quite a lot recently because podcasts are growing a lot, just you know what to expect now. So <laughs> so just just go with someone else. <laughs> You're not doing yourselves a favor. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, I'll add all everything that we talked about to the show notes, uh, the oneley.com slash tool, uh, the name, uh, the names of everyone we covered in this conversation. Um, but where can people follow you and find you? I want to say Twitter, but now uh, you kind of ruined that for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so basically, uh, all the normal places like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook is good. Like, uh, just, just I, with my name, it's going to be very difficult for you to find someone else. <laughs> so, if you if you spell Bartosz Guralewicz, which is extremely simple, I won't even spell it. Uh, but uh, if you if you Google my name or uh, or Wanli, you you will see all the all the good places. Yeah, and obviously, again, I'll link to that. Uh, but thanks. So much for time Bartosz and everything you do for uh, us in the SEO community and everybody else uh, we really appreciate you I certainly do um, and until the next time thank you so much thank it you it was a pleasure talking to you thanks